Hey, I'm Aldwin. And I'm Jason. And this is the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. New balls, please. Why I didn't get excuse me? Can you talk louder so everyone can hear you asking me about my drugs? I mean, if we had Hawkeye, you would be so freaking embarrassed right now. Well, how come they can say whatever they want to me? Oh, it's old talent. That don't work. I just sit on the couch. I don't want to look like I am I going to be his boyfriend. Ready? Play. Welcome to the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. I'm Jason. What's up? <laughs> What's up, mofo? I decided to change it up. Yeah. I mean, it's good that you're doing that because this is the second to last episode of our season, our first season. Yeah, boy. Yeah, but this is... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is going to be sort of our recap because next week we have the very special season finale of our amazing interview, which we're going to talk more about at the front end of the episode next week with Vika. I know. I mean, it is still unimaginable to me as I prepared the notes for this second last episode of the season. Like when I typed episode two, seven, I'm like, we did 27 motherfucking episodes of this damn podcast that was... <laughs> and by damn, I, I say it with so much affection. Obviously, it's our baby. But 27 episodes, that's like... That's some work. Yeah. And, you know, all 120 of you who are listening regularly every week, <laughs> don't you forget it. This is work. We do this for yeah, you. Girl. Yeah, we, we put our shit together so that we can entertain to you on a weekly basis. I have to say, do you think, you know, maybe people are thinking we're shady because us sort of deciding this is going to be our final episode really coincides with maybe us having nothing to talk about in terms of our own tennis because tennis hath shut down. <laughs> oh, um, like you think that there are some people out there that are like, these bitches are just going to get so lazy. The, you know, just so happens that Toronto is going to be shutting down, shut down today. And so they said, it's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. There goes, <laughs> well, you got, there goes a show. Yeah. You got one last hit in and we both did on Saturday with our doubles team. So we had a practice with our doubles <laughs> team, um, affectionately known as Lamona Halep's. Because we didn't are you yellow. Didn't you come up with that name for our team? You know, I would like to take credit for it, and I will, but I didn't. I, I, I mean, advocated. Just... I advocated for it to be selected because I really liked it. Yeah, you're the strongest advocate for it. And funny enough, like there's some really lame names that were being pushed in that <laughs> in that messenger chat. No offense. I mean, I mean, I can't just call something lame and say no offense, but whatever. I thought they were lame. But thankfully, we chose the wittiest one, Lamona Halep's. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm partially Romanian because my grandfather was Romanian. May he rest in peace. Uh, adopted. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Simona's friggin' awesome. So She is amazing. How did you... Um, did you enjoy the practice? I mean, go ahead. Yeah, I have to say I enjoyed the experience. I 
I didn't kind of know we were going to be put on the spot in the way that we were in terms of people wanting feedback, but I kind of loved that at the end of the day because we have some players who I think are new either to the game of tennis or they're new as a pairing and they wanted to learn a bit more about the strategy and positioning on the court and you know where they should hit the ball and I appreciated the fact that people were open to asking for help and asking for feedback. Yeah, I mean, I definitely liked that as well. Uh, just to give a little context, we had our practice at Mayfair Parkway. So thank you, Mayfair Clubs, for continuously hosting the TLGTA. Um, our fearless captain, Tommy, um, organized our team practice. So we had a two-hour session where most of our team members showed up on Saturday evening. And ironically enough, it's going to be probably our first and last practice <laughs> <laughs> for a long, long, long time. But I mean, jumping back to what Jason was saying about, you know, m more inexperienced pairings coming up to us, like shout out to Anuba and Gonzalo, who we played in the second half hour of our time there. And they came up to us and they're like, oh my gosh, you guys are, you guys have the podcast can you please just tell us like where to stand in the, in for the return and uh, just give us some pointers and literally the thought in my head was like why are you asking us like not in a shady <laughs> way like we are not the experts of anything <laughs> yeah haven't you been listening and realized that we actually don't know how to play at all <laughs> i felt i don't know about you but i felt a little bit of a pressure to be like you got to play so that they don't have to maintain this illusion of us being like actually good tennis players. <laughs> <laughs> and they, you know, they were surprisingly good for having asked us that que those questions and, and cohesive. Uh, they played obviously the first week last week and we didn't get to play. Um, and it, was it Gonzalo who had sort of the, the grunt going on? He even had a grunt. She did. I mean, I I loved what I truly loved about that pair was that I mean, for me, I believe they're a newish they're a newish addition to the TLGTA and I'm always excited to see young, fresh, cute, hot blood join our cute little gay tennis league here in Toronto because, you know, they are the future of the of the group and uh, you could tell they were thirsty. They wanted to do well. So I'm like this is this is a good pairing to have in our in our little uh group yeah and they are are good already i didn't get from them which level they're playing i i assume they're sort of either b3 or c1 some yeah something like that yeah. i think that's what they are they're pretty good though they're i think they'll do well and overall i think from the player and 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 team team matchups that i saw uh we're gonna do well so we did four three in the week that we missed and our subs won for us thank thankfully and uh hopefully we can follow suit <laughs> if ever we get back on court again yeah thank you joe and carl that was a pretty decisive win i think it was like one and two or something like yeah. that yeah yeah <clears throat> so we're as you pointed out we're um out for 28 days at least here in toronto because uh, cases are on the rise and mm -hmm. um even the sport that we love where you know, you may not play with people outside your household or touch other people's balls. <laughs> that is now also <laughs> shut down again. Sadly, sadly. I mean, you and I have been getting so much tennis in since the reopening of 
our favorite sport in the spring. And uh, honestly, I didn't think that it was going to become an eventuality, but maybe, you know, I didn't think about all the possibilities, but it only makes sense for everything to be shut down right now. So I'm sad. I mean, I try to get as much tennis in before today. Um, but, you know, life is life, and uh, we have to figure out how to get our tennis fixed while we're locked down for the next at least 28 days. I mean, I think you did a good job. You played, you didn't play Monday, but you played no. Wednesday. You played Friday with me. We played yep. doubles on Saturday, and then you played again yep. on Sunday. Yeah, I reached out to that girl, Ryan. I said, girl, let's book 9 to 10 at Supreme. Shout out to Supreme and Alistair and the team. Thank you again. Um, and uh, initially they had the 10, 10 p.m. to 11 slot blocked off for cleaning. But I guess Alistair and the team thought to themselves, you know what? It's going to be kind of the end for a while. So let's open up that 10 p.m. spot. And girl, we were there until the lights went out. <laughs> Which is 11.15? <laughs> 11 something. I mean, Alistair showed up and, uh, you know, Ryan and I had a nice hit and uh, we shut the show down. So see you tennis in a little bit. And I appreciate Alistair, who hopefully listens now, for um, appreciating for himself my humor in the cancellation of my future booking <laughs> with, with Ryan as well, where I said, shit's going to lock down. Yes. So that was I was able to put a little note uh, along with my cancellation about why I was canceling and not that I have any choice in the matter. But my forty dollars and whatever is now a credit for the future. And hopefully the future is, you know, 28 days, but it's probably going to be a bit longer. Yeah. I mean, so uh, what's in your head right now? Like, are you feeling I mean, you're obviously feeling sad that tennis is not going to be part of your weekly agenda. But um, I mean, want to elaborate on that a little bit? I just I'm curious, like, are you can you go without tennis for a while? I mean, I think I messaged you that I was feeling a little conflicted. So uh, some background for anybody who's not from Toronto, our provincial government makes decisions on where certain areas are high risk or red zones as they call them and should be shut down so our premier mm -hmm. decided that uh, Toronto and Pe Peel which is sort of the outskirts of Toronto or surrounding area should be shut down um, he s gave this announcement on Friday but said this shutdown would begin uh, 12.01 uh, Monday morning so basically Sunday night which means uh, a whole lot of people went out and went to the mall and a whole lot of people made their haircutting appointments and all the things that are going to be shut down. Uh, they mm -hmm. got those things uh, up and running. And like I was saying, I was a bit conflicted about whether we should play and whether we should have our practice because it just felt kind of weird. Like, OK, we're, we're going to have our last hurrah, but, you know, we're going to have our last hurrah. So that's what we did in terms of where I think our trajectory is and where we're going I'm gonna say we obviously know December is out but I'm gonna say probably a good chunk of January if not all of January will be out as well mm -hmm. I think case counts are are attributed to people coming together um, and gathering you know with family and friends and 
I don't know how much control we can have over people or how we can discourage people more from doing that. Um, And it's unfortunate because I think a lot of businesses like salons and other places um, are not necessarily the contributing factor to um, new cases, but they're the they're the places that are suffering because we can't control ourselves in getting together with other people outside of our household. That message brought to you by the morality police. (laughs) So yeah, Jason, again, going back to a a pretty consistent theme of the year is watching you. (laughs) So, you know, he wanted to share that he felt very conflicted about going to play tennis on Saturday um, and meanwhile, here I am being like, let me book all of the court time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just where I stand right now. It's funny because, you know, again, we're going to get to this, but, you know, one of the highlights for us of the season was being called the Branch Covidian Czars. If you want to reel it all the way back to, I don't know, something like episode six or seven. Um, and I guess my stance has kind of changed on that. But I mean, fair enough. We're all trying to do our best. You know, I think people realize that with the, you know, looming shutdown on Monday, if people had the right to go and do the things that they needed to do, then they just needed to do them. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel conflicted at all, though, whatsoever. That's cool. I mean, to each their own. I I think I just felt a little conflicted about um, the perception of being part of a league and the league continuing. But the league did continue on Saturday. Uh, the socials, I think, are continuing and um, even you know, despite the shutdown, because that club is just outside of where things shut down. So the Sunday social for the TLGTA will still be able to happen. Perception about what, though? Like perception? Just like about social gatherings. This is sort of a team practice or like winter team tennis is a social gathering and indoor social gatherings are, you know, shouldn't be more than 10 people or or it should be just people in your household so that i think Uh, honey let me just break the can open (laughs) on this one for you for a sec and i didn't think that we're gonna get into this but listen i'm not gonna call anybody out but it's very convenient for people to have concern over a perception about what people are doing you know with their private lives when it's convenient for those very same people to get together with others that are not particularly part of their bubble and keep that shit a secret so you know i am not about pointing fingers at anyone for their personal choices you know everyone has their own personal thresholds of safety that they're willing to you know draw you know come close to but uh, my whole thing is like don't point the finger at anyone if you're not practicing all of the protocol yourself 100 mm-hmm. percent is all i'm saying yeah and that's fair. Yeah. and i just was like this is we're we're part of a league so maybe there should be an example that's being set but you're like you're like eff it let's do it one more time but but what example i don't understand like anyway okay we're not gonna get into it (laughs) i just think that i just think that it's ridiculous no one is looking at to anyway nobody nobody's gonna be looking at the tlgta for for moral when, when you texted me that message you're like i think we should set an example i'm like you want us to set an example I mean, I don't know. I don't really buy into that, but... I mean, we everything is done safely. We all wear a mask until we get the, on the cord, and then we take it off, and then before we come off, we're uh, putting the mask back on. So it's all... It was all fine. It's just... And, you know, 
it will turn out fine and nothing nothing will come of of it and everyone who went on saturday will be fine so it's we had we had a good time yes we had a good time and we had a lovely you know little last social gathering last hurrah for at least 28 days yeah longer i think yeah and you know the tour had a last hurrah Ooh, look at that segue. You can always count on me for that <laughs> as well as the moral high ground. <laughs> someone someone make it a morality morality police badge for him, please. <laughs> <laughs> so the World Tour Finals happened in London for the final time. Oh. Sans fans and our boy Medvedev went five and oh. <laughs> Five and oh, he was riding that juicy biggity big wave from. Sorry, what tournament did he win before this Burse, one? Bercy, Bercy. That's right, he won Bercy, and just obliterated the round robin and took it all the way to the title. So, congrats to Danili. Yeah, I was talking to you about this uh, earlier. How. Um, I missed the two semifinals, which apparently were amazing, and they were matchups between Team and Joko mm-hmm. and Nadal and Medvedev. Yeah, and I think what's cool, obviously, for years, years, it's like who is going to take over, who's going to become the new guard, and you know these two guys at this particular event uh, had the opportunity to play both Nadal and Djokovic and they both beat both of them Mm -hmm. so that in and of itself is pretty cool the one thing that I observed which I talked to you about was the fact that those matches (laughs) between you know Nadal and team uh, team and Djokovic um, Medvedev and Djokovic Medvedev and Nadal were all great matches Mm-hmm. And I think those new guys are starting to level up yes. to those top guys. However, when they play each other, <laughs> when te- the team... So I'm, I'm leading into the fact that the team and Medvedev ba- match, a.k.a. the final, was a bit ho-hum. Mm. It was a bit bah-humbug as, as we get into the Christmas time. Yeah, I mean, I watched um, that spectacular Nadal semi. It was unreal, so good. Um, I, I don't know, maybe there's a couple of things at play. I think that when you play any of the big three, like you said, you level up, you have the mind frame, like, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to battle, I'm going to grind, I'm going to give my everything. And maybe just like the U.S. Open final, like, you have nothing left in the tank for that final. Maybe it's a co- it's a case of that. Um, I like to always use the WTA as, like, a reference point. And for years, Venus and Serena had this public perception that, you know, whenever they played each other, they didn't give their 100%. And I think that there's a bit of that at play with, like, these up-and-coming players, Team, Tsitsi, um Medvedev, Rublev, it's that, you know, they there's so much expected of them that when they face each other, there's a letdown. But for whatever reason, they can mentally put themselves together when they play Joko, Fed, or Nadal. Yeah. I think that I think that there's a little bit of that going on. Yeah, I mean, but I don't think 
Yeah, I think you're right exactly. But I think you can't these guys can't take over that mantle until they can start mm. playing each other at the same level that they are playing these guys, which, you know, is maybe not something that people think of. They think, oh, okay, they're now starting to beat Djokovic and they're now starting to beat Nadal. Well, maybe they're taking over. But if they can't play a good match against each other in the same way that Nadal and Djokovic have amazing matches or, you know, the Wimbledon final with Federer and Djokovic, then are we going to be able to appreciate them in the same way? And I think many of us fans who have been you know wanting the teams and the Tsitsipas and the Zverevs mm-hmm. and the Medvedevs to sort of keep rising up we want you to rise up in your own matchups with your own sort of cohort in the same yes. way yeah no agreed I mean like that's what's going to keep that's what's going to keep the the mantle of the big three just like transfer the mantle onto these new players you're right 100 percent. i think i think playing the big three because let's be honest you know even with talking to a couple of the players on our winter team tennis uh team you know mo for example was like so excited that you know team and medvedev were making their mark at the finals and he's like thank goodness there's space for like some new young fresh juicy hot booty energy blood (laughs) (laughs) all over the place you know and um yeah i think the big three are grooming them to reach that next echelon of tennis playing so you know when they exit themselves out we're left with a new big three maybe even big four Mm -hmm. which is super exciting yeah and i think you know to your point uh, about people being worn out perhaps when they get to the final because they've had to put so much effort into competing against those two or three guys that just speaks to again the level and the credit that you should give to those to those big three for you know having um, made people need to level up and then not having much left in the tank which causes us to feel that the final was a bit ho-hum yeah so you were i mean it was a letdown for you that final that medvedev team final it was even if it was a three-setter it was a three-setter but it was still like it was 70 percent of those other matches because they weren't playing um they weren't often playing well at the same time Mm -hmm. whereas in those other matches both both guys were you know on fire at the same time and you know going shot for shot when i saw those some of those replays again of the medvedev nadal match it was like wow yeah wow just wow i mean all of social media was going berserk like the glta players lounge our igs you know people were sliding to our dms like girl did you see that semi-final oh my god i'm living (laughs) i'm like oh my gosh yes yes semi come through (laughs) and so this is medvedev's biggest title and he's among the first in 13 years to beat the top three in one tournament that is an insane a- accomplishment. Okay, wait. So, Joko, Nadal, team. team. Yeah. Not the big okay. three, the, the top three seeds. The top seeds. three. <laughs> <laughs> they had a lot of, like, Davidenko. Did you see that? Like, Davidenko flashbacks? Is it because he's the last Russian player to win the the finals or is he the first person to have won in london so yeah it's sort of like a russian bookend the the first Ah. to win in london and then the last to win in london and Mm. and davidenko beat 
Federer and Nadal and almost beat Djokovic. Uh, and I think he beat Delpo in the final. Yeah. So, yeah. So it was a, a cute, meaty Russian sandwich. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and congrats to Medvedev. I actually didn't think he had a shot. I think, you know, I kind of thought maybe he lucked out winning the Paris title, but, you know, he went 5-0. and He went undefeated. Can, sorry, can I, I have to make a little bit com- a little comment about Tsitsi. I don't know how um, closely you followed his matches. I mean, all of his round robins went to three sets. He won a tight-ass three-setter against Rublev, 8-6 in the third. Lost to Nadal and team, again, also in three sets. Um, obviously, he wasn't playing his best, um, but he just, to me, the past few weeks, he's just seemed out of sorts. He, uh, that's just my perception of him. He just seems a bit out of sorts, a little kind of lost on the court. I'm not denying that he has a lot of energy and effort and dedication, all of that stuff. But, you know, I think this will be a good time, you know, post-finals to, like, regroup, go back to Greece, have um, Oikos yogurt. (laughs) So stereotypical. Sorry. Some feta cheese. (laughs) <laughs> feta cheese <laughs> prick. and you know think about what he wants to accomplish in 2021 you know i mean a little insight that vika gave us was that you could be playing phenomenally in your practice and all of that stuff again we don't know whether that's that's been the case for him but i mean the energy and vibe that he's been that he was giving off the entire week in london was like girl i don't know what's going on mm-hmm. i thought that that match against team was good. That first match set a nice tone. They were both like the first few games they were, they were on those two were on fire. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I can see what you're saying about CC. He's had sort of a, a hit and miss uh, season. So we'll see what he bring in 2021. Yeah. Excited to see it. So speaking of 2021, we can't (laughs) start 2021 without, recapping 2020 for ourselves this is oh my gosh we're doing a re like a, a recap segment of 27 glorious episodes of the ready play tennis podcast yeah so uh strap yourselves in because we're gonna be here for another <laughs> hour and a half <laughs> just kidding we decided we were going to give you three each three top moments of 2020 from our first season of the ready play tennis podcast and then just generally um it could include you know our recordings our engagement in relation to the podcast or our highlights from the tours the wta and the atp Mm -hmm. it has been and i know that you hate this word I actually posted it on our IG, an unprecedented year. <laughs> <laughs> it is, you know, it is unprecedented times. <laughs> correct. I mean, it's unprecedented correct. that two losers like us would create 27 <laughs> episodes of a podcast that people seem to enjoy. I Listen, I, whether I, I'm just going to share it very quickly, but I mean, I, and this is totally related to the segment, but, you know, in case we haven't shared this story already, Literally in January, I came back from my trip to the Philippines. Jason and I were driving. I think it was our first outing to play tennis after like the new year, Christmas season and all that. And uh, we were trying to figure out, as one usually does in the new year, like how are we going to change our lives? How are things going to be different and whatever? And, you know, 
the original idea that is still in the works. We're just not going to share it with all you, all of you quite yet. You know, off that original idea, Jason was like, well, we should make a podcast of like just tennis and, you know, a show to just communicate and share our love for the sport. And 10 months later, here we are. Yeah, 10 months, 27, soon to be 28 episodes. And we are here to talk about and recap our first full episode. mostly full season and it was full of memorable moments so who's gonna go first who who, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first i should probably Uh, go first sure okay so jason you have it you have a top three i will go so i'll go first yeah you have a top three what is your third favorite moment see um whatever thing of the year (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so my number three moment of our first season and of 2020, because I think it had so much, um, there was such an extension to this particular um, engagement that we had uh, with this person. Uh, My number three moment would be our back and forth and the um, reciprocal digs that we had <laughs> we being me with Nick Curios <laughs> the one the only Nick Curios he i mean just like any annoying little cousin he appeared on our podcast pretty much the entire <laughs> the entire season <laughs> he's he every week he had something to say mhm and i think you know I like many people who have defended him and stood up for him and who are close to him and say he's misunderstood. I do believe we would be good friends with him, but I also know that he enjoys and likes to rib people on social media. So I, I kind of felt, you know, maybe this is our opportunity to, to do the same. And when he posted that FAA comment about how, (laughs) you know, entertaining he is and he reminds him of somebody. And I said, you know, Please, you're not saying he reminds you of you, are you? He actually wa- <laughs> he actually wants to win Grand Slams, I think, <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, you egged him on real good. Yeah, and then he he doth call us albatrosses. Which at the at the time I was really confused about that comment. I I mean I I even asked you I'm like Google albatrosses like what does that mean as a comeback? But you know since watching him on that show Reputation Rehab something like that, um, he just chooses random inanimate objects donuts. He called Porsbecker a donut. So I think for us we just are part of that that group of people were just albatrosses yeah and the more that we think about like the meaning of it the more we are actually albatrosses (laughs) (laughs) and i'm so you know i'm so proud i i wear that with pride the the being called albatrosses and us you know wanting to turn a corner in our relationship with him and inviting (laughs) him to come on the show and saying you know we really want to get to know you and have a little a little tea and a little chat and he said Nah. (laughs) (laughs) In typical Nick fashion. Yeah. You know, just when we were getting the warm and fuzzies over him, he was like, nah, Nah. I'm good. (laughs) Yeah. So that's that's my number three. Your number three. 
Um, okay, my number three is a personal number three, and um, I just am so thankful I got to share this emotional roller coaster, roller coaster that is my tennis game. You know, uh, all of you know that in the middle of the season, I shared with you that during a practice match with Jason, I cried. <laughs> <laughs> I cried after our practice match because I could not hit a freaking forehand to save my life. And, you know, with Vika and Jeannie as inspirations for the season, I put pedal to the metal and I learned how to hit a forehand and I've been playing pretty darn well for the past few months and you know little did I ever I didn't imagine that I would get to a point where I would be hitting a forehand comfortably and I mean here I am so I'm just that's my number three that I got to share that entire journey with all of you <laughs> this inaugural season of ready play yeah and here's my part in this journey where I was going from winning matches fairly easily because she would get flustered and she would go <laughs> back to her two hand and she would <laughs> try to dink me and I was able to <clears throat> overcome that because I learned how to handle her dinks to her sticking to her guns and you know um, choosing improvement over winning which Ooh. then led to the winning and now I have to deal with that and I have to level up and try to get better so I can yeah. be her. Yeah. You know, that's what, that's what the best partnerships do is like, we make each other better and like level, like little chips at a time, like little levels up at a time. So yeah, this is exciting. Maybe next season, Jason's going to turn a corner and he's going to develop some monster one-handed topspin backhand. And you know, the banter on our, on our ready play will be like, Okay, well, y'all, I'm back to losing again. <laughs> well, uh, who knows? I'll let my I'll let our audience in on something that I'm I'm still struggling with the backhand because sometimes I feel like I'm hyperextending my elbow, like I'm <laughs> throwing my arm too too much into it. But anyway, this is this one is not about me. It's about your number three. My number three. So thank you all for listening. Yeah. Okay. So my number two. Um, yes. I don't have to go to the bathroom, but my number two is <laughs> I think I've come to appreciate more um, the stories and some of the players that came out of the WTA. And I know we've sort of indirectly branded ourselves as me as the ATP guy and you as the WTA guy. But mm -hmm. I come to watch matches for women that I want to see and I'm not going to watch every women's match and I guess the same way that maybe you're not going to watch um, <clears throat> every men's match but I think there was a lot of great stories that came out in 2020 um, obviously we came to have a love and appreciation for um, Maria Zachary uh, <laughs> after we learned how to pronounce her name <laughs> uh, and we got some of her attention on IG which was nice and now she's ghosted us so girl <laughs> If you're listening, come on. Um, and then I also loved uh, this Jennifer Brady, you know, her winning in Lexington and then breaking through and making the semi at the U.S. Open. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, the women's semifinals at the U.S. Open overall were, I think, two of the best matches of the year. And were, I think, two of the best matches, at least of the U.S. Open, both men's and women's. So um, I got to give it to 
give it to the ladies. Yeah, you did a really good job um, learning. Learning <laughs> and... <laughs> I, I hope that didn't come out as shady. <laughs> learning and growing. Well, I'm being serious. I mean, you know, you... Uh, you admittedly didn't have a lot of experience and I mean you know like any huge tennis fan you obviously have some knowledge of women tennis players but this season you've become so invested in the women's tour and I mean yeah you've made you've to see you sometimes message like oh you know female player WTA player on our IG I'm like okay she's Jason's getting right into it (laughs) go girl yeah do it so that's my number two your number two Okay. Well, my number two is honestly, it's my number two, but Jason 100% shares this if you could have another number two. Um, and again, we're not talking about bowel movements. <laughs> <laughs> I've already had two um, of those today. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> You're very regular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it is our engagement with our, li- our listeners engagement with our our closer engagement with the GLTA and the TLGTA you know Jason and I have I don't know I I I don't know whether we could we didn't foresee it I can just speak for him right now to be honest but you know to have a set of dedicated weekly listeners that slide into our DMs message us on Facebook tell us what's what you know we've got some really amazing listeners out there that are not afraid to share their opinion, not afraid to sound off on something that we've said, you know, just to name a few Ellen girl. We, we, we look forward to your messages on Facebook. We know you love Rafa and uh, it's been so nice getting to know you Norto 16 from, (laughs) from Australia, that little snack with 25 abs who's, you know, slid into our DMs so many times. Jeffrey Sato, um, our lovely girlfriend from the TLGTA, Nisha Carey, Steve I, Andy, a new listener, Tyrone from Australia. There's a bunch of you. And, you know, we just feel so, like, I think that's the one of the best parts of the podcast is just feeling the connection with people that are listening. And, uh, again, we call for it all the time. But, yeah, we want to hear what you have to say. So... Yeah, and if Send you haven't given us in. a five-star review on the platforms, <laughs> please do so. Yeah, you need to give us a five-star review so that I can stop paying people to give us five-star reviews. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have 28 of them. That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, thank you to 20 of our friends that did that. <laughs> <laughs> we do appreciate the fact that you are listening. I mean, I think you and I started doing this so that we could hear ourselves and now (laughs) i'm kidding uh we appreciate all of the feedback and the fact that people seem to be enjoying our witty banter and what we have to say even if we you know admittedly don't know the top 100 players on the men's and women's (laughs) side apparently we should by the way because some one of our listeners said we should yeah, I mean, like, former listener, because I'm pretty sure that bitch does not listen to us anymore. <laughs> but we were just not his cup of tea. Listen, those people that are listening to our podcast know exactly what they're going to get. They're going to get a little sweet. They're going to get a lot of shady. They're going to get some tennis knowledge. <laughs> I mean, Jason being the more educated person on the podcast when it comes to, like, facts and figures and all of that stuff. But, uh, yeah, you're just – if you like our commentary, then that's why you're listening. So if you want, like, you know, another podcast that's going to rhyme off, like, all of the titles that a particular 
particular person has won in his or her career, then bye. Yeah, it's the wrong show for you. <laughs> wrong show, girl. Yeah. But we welcome everyone. <laughs> <laughs> everyone, everyone come. Um, so my number one, and, and I think it's a highlight for everyone because we've all been impacted by it, is, you know, it's it's not necessarily a positive thing. Wink, wink. Is <laughs> is the COVID nineteen pandemic? I think we've oh. all been impacted by COVID nineteen, and let, let you know. Let's set the stage. It was you know early February. We were watching you know the tournaments in Acapulco. Um, the men and women, I think, were in Dubai. Um, and you know we were all getting ready and we were getting excited for indian wells uh tsn had just signed a contract and they were going to start to show wta events and then blammo we all get the news that indian wells i think was the first sporting event to be uh postponed i think Mm -hmm. it was postponed at that time or or maybe it was canceled i don't know uh and i think we were all like we were all shook. We were like, what? what? They only have one case and one case of community <laughs> spread. What does this mean? Do they really need to cancel? And I, and then, you know, shit was getting canceled left and right. It was like Wimbledon, the Rogers Cup, the Olympics. And we're like, when is tennis ever going to come back? And of course, what did we do? We were like, we need to start a tennis podcast. <laughs> so we we did that. And then, you know, tennis started to slowly come back. We got into this UTS situation where tennis was in front of no fans, but they were doing it for a TV audience and, you know, exhibition-y with new rules. And maybe it was exciting, mostly not. And then we had this Adria tour where we were like, okay, somebody wants to do some good for some charity, but no social distancing, no masks. And then shit blew up in the tennis world because we have so many players who tested positive for COVID-19. And, you know, the top player in the world was setting a bad example. And then we go okay, tennis is maybe about to come back. We got this Lexington thing. We've got matchups with Venus and Vika. And then we got Venus and Serena. And things are slowly coming back. And Jeannie's coming on the radar. And she's doing well on these events. And then we get the double in the bubble. Oh, my gosh. You know what? I think when it comes to this number one, i.e. COVID, the one memory that I have from the entire season is when we started to talk about, you know, uh, the French Open being rescheduled for September. I'm like, what? What in the what? Like, for ever since I was a little girl, I always watched, we always watched the French Open in May, yeah. June. You know, the the setting of, like, the sun and just the way the light cascaded off of the courts, that red clay is year in year out the same and so I just thought to myself I don't know if I would be able to get into the French Open being played in September so I mean again to bring up that word that is so overused but it is an unprecedented year and we had to 
you know, prepare ourselves for some unprecedented new circumstances. And I mean, here we are at the end of an entire tennis season and to see the breadth of all the changes that have taken place that we, you and I, Jay Fundraiser, <laughs> Jason Patterson, covered from the jump is cray cray. Mm -hmm. But like we did it. Like it will forever be part of a, a, a an archive of an important year in the history of tennis. Yeah, I can't I, believe I we, I just gave ourselves that credit. <laughs> I, well, I think you know tennis was on the precipice of like all of these firsts that happened. Like it was the first event that got shut down, and then like tennis blew up because all of these players got COVID because they were trying to orchestrate this event. And then there was, you know, I think one of the big elements that I'll sort of close with on on this COVID piece is, you know, tennis was coming back and there was all this discussion about, you know, whether it should come back. And when tournaments happen and players win events is there's gonna is there gonna be an asterisk next to the winner and mm -hmm. i think you and Ooh, i like i like that you're bringing it back to this yes, good job because it was so irritating to me from the <laughs> beginning and it was an ongoing conversation i think even with commentators and you know people on glta chat rooms and i never thought that even though you know there's 35 of the top 50 players so Nadal's not coming to the US Open so is there going to be an asterisk it's like no you have to beat seven players or you have to beat six really good players and at some point these top three the big three are going to be gone so no and and you know I luckily and thankfully that sort of went away fairly quickly I think after the US Open and people stopped putting this sort of yes. asterisk conversation out there because it was super annoying at the beginning and we talked that we we told people that we told you <laughs> we told you I mean well, <laughs> well I mean you you really were the champion of that viewpoint but I mean I jumped on the bandwagon because as the tennis season evolved I started to agree with you more and more the one thing that I want to add to that conversation is now that the tennis season is over I actually think it required even more of all of the elements qualities that a Grand Slam champion needs to have and then some to have won a Grand Slam this year because you didn't have your entire entourage there. You didn't have the luxury of staying at your suite in Soho with you know your plethora of people that were at your beck and call. You were in that damn bubble. You had to you know have only one or two people, I believe, with you, and it required so much more focus and concentration that. You know, I think that the Grand Slam champions this year for sure don't have an asterisk. And in my mind, definitely have like a little like a little added like, girl, you did that this year, which is a, an, a plus plus. Mm -hmm. So kudos to all those winners. Agreed. And now we get to close with your number one. I mean, it's funny because as we're doing these like number one, number two, like this is clearly a number one that you and I share another one that you know, Jason feels especially strong that is probably, yeah, is our, no, I mean, it is a number one for a reason. So 
when Jason and I, I mean, reeling it back to the very beginning in January, again, I'm in the in the passenger seat. Jason is in the driver's seat, as he has been for the past four freaking years, driving us back and to forth, <laughs> bra- back and forth to whatever tennis courts that we're playing on. East York, Supreme, Mayfair, all of that jazz, you know, like reeling it even further back to like 2015, where I met Jason at Woody's in Toronto, you know, being part of the gay dodgeball league. And a friend was like, hey, I've got a friend that wants to get back into gay te- into tennis. You know, why don't you introduce him? I'm going to introduce you to him. And maybe you guys can like hit one day and see how he likes it. And that's when I met Jason. And to think that that moment that I met Jason in 2015, it must have been in the springtime sometime because it was like a social that we would have for gay dodgeball on Mondays after our games. That fast forward five years later, November 23rd, 2020, Jason and I would have interviewed Jeannie Bouchard and Vika Azarenka is like a, the mind fuck of a century. <laughs> <laughs> so true. I mean, so fucking true. Like, you know, uh, speaking for myself, like being a tennis kid growing up in the junior program, you know, wanting to play tennis to impress my dad because he thought that I was gay. And so, you know, learning to play tennis so that I could, you know, play a sport so that he would, you know, just be more proud of me. And, you know, Jason, Jason will share a little bit of his story. But what he told me was like, you know, he was in Korea. He would take these lessons, always loved tennis as a kid. And to have interviewed in our first season, you know, Jeannie Bouchard, arguably one of the most famous Canadian tennis player ever, and Vika Azarenka, who is a two-time Grand Slam champion, like having interviewed them is a whack, whackity whack. What the F am I doing to deserve all of this amazing success? I mean, it is success. I feel weird for saying it, but we, we did it, girl. And those two interviews were just so amazing and you know to any regular joe out there who maybe doesn't follow tennis there people are just like vika who genie what but for us i mean in my wildest dreams did i ever think that you and i would have captured the attention of players like that that would say yes to come (laughs) on our freaking podcast (laughs) so go i just i want to hear what you have to say about that well I mean, yeah, there's not much else to be said. I think we all we we had a goal, obviously, to try and get people, tennis pros on the show. And we saw that certain players were fairly engaged on social media. So we leveraged that as our as our opportunity to try and get them on the show. And, you know, it it goes to show that um you know, it only takes it takes authenticity, I think, is what I learned, at least from these two. They mm-hmm. they engage in a certain way. And if they they see sort of authenticity in in the outreach and in the communication, uh, they're willing to engage and they're willing to accept invitations like the ones that we offered them. And I think our interest in in them although we were maybe a little bit harder on genie at the beginning (laughs) of the season uh we were we you know i think let's take credit for some of her success this year and (laughs) and uh you know vika you posted that video on our stories of us going to we beelined i think when we arrived at the rogers cup last year on uh on pride day which is wednesday in the 
early afternoon to the uh, Grand Sand Court to go watch Vika's match. And you posted the video of us watching her and quietly filming a video of her being down 5-2 and going up 5-4. She eventually lost. But, you know, she we posted that and we tagged her and she, you know, she said cool. She thought it was cool that we went uh, to see her match. So, yeah, we we've done... We've slogged a lot, I think, to try and get some players <laughs> on the show, and uh, uh, and it was just nice to have those conversations. On top of that, they were very good um, interviews, and I think you hopefully saw that in the Genie interview, and hopefully you see that as well when you see the Vika episode. Yeah, I mean, it just makes me so curious, excited, um to see what the next season has in store. I mean, you know, again, going back to just wildest dreams, never in our wildest dreams did we think we'd have these two. And I mean, I guess the sky's the limit. I mean, it sounds really corny and cliche, but it is true. You know, when people talk about doing something that they're passionate about, I mean, full disclosure here, I'll speak for myself. I know Jason will jump in and share his his thoughts in a second, but there are some nights where it is 12.30 in the morning, I'm uploading this freaking episode to Podbean, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm done. I'm tired. I need to sleep. You know, Jason, I know, messaged me one day, and, and I was like, girl, how are you doing today? He's like, girl, I was up until 1.30 in the morning trying to figure out the best way to word our episode description. And, I mean, in just to think that like the commitment dedicated listen i'm not saying that we're like you know hard work workhorses here or whatever but it is a passion project and you know there are some days where you don't feel that and you're just like oh gotta get this shit together but now that we're doing and i thank you jason for suggesting that we do this because i think it was the perfect way to close our season but you when you do take a moment and take stock and are in the present moment of like reflecting on what you've done for the past uh, for the past 27 episodes it is so nice to say that girl we did that Mm -hmm. and so yay yeah yeah, I, I sort of, the analogy I would use is like a performance evaluation with your manager at work. <laughs> if it goes well, you know, if you have a good relationship with your manager, you're both on the same page and you kind of know what that person's going to say about your work and you know how to reflect back on your work with your manager and the ways that you can improve. So I think we're kind of doing that right now in terms of yes encapsulating or trying to capture how we feel about the season and you know we know that there's obviously more that we can do we forewarn all of the players agents and media reps that we're going to be <laughs> reaching out to you <laughs> on mass during this off season because we want more players on that on this show you know bianca we want to know about your lamp in your basement <laughs> Pospi, we want you on our show because anything's possible there's so many players we want to talk to. Vavrenka, I want to talk to Vavrenka. Yeah, everyone. Everyone <laughs> and like such as. <laughs> I don't know what else there is to say. I think we've, you know, wrapped up and, and given a good summation of season one. And, you know, they have one more episode to look forward to, which is our amazing interview with Vika. Yeah, you know what? Um, 
maybe a, a quick thank you. I mean, I just want to say thank you to a couple of people. Um, thank you to my mom who lives with me. <laughs> She's actually right behind me. <laughs> she has stayed quiet every single episode. <laughs> for the most part. So uh, for the most <laughs> for the most part. Um, thank you to my mom. Uh, thank you to all my friends for listening, for sharing, for subscribing. You know, it it makes me feel so loved to uh to have friends that are so supportive of me i'm gonna say a big thank you to wade who's jason's husband wade has been probably our number one supporter you know he is the guy behind the scenes that like has so many crazy amazing ideas that we've stolen (laughs) (laughs) that's true and uh he's you know he is he really helped us with this season so thank you wade so much and ryan who helped us with the art and Jason, do you have any people out there that you want to thank? Yeah, I think I should thank Wade, obviously. He does, you know, throw in some ideas that I sort of steal and make our own and not give him credit for. So I'll do that now. <laughs> I appreciated him texting me uh, last week when he had a chiropractor appointment. And he's like, I hate listening to your show because, you know, at some point I start it and then... <laughs> And then it ends, and then I have to wait another week. So I thought that was very, that was very. That is so sweet. Yeah, that was very nice. Uh, So, yes, I I appreciate everybody who, you know, takes 60 minutes of their week to listen to us and be um, moderately entertained. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I think that's it. You know, 2020, go fuck yourself. (laughs) <laughs> i i don't want to add anything to that that's the perfect way to end <laughs> but tune in next week for our interview with vika because she is exceptional uh, as a human being as a player and uh, we'll say more about that next week all righty congrats partner yes and see you in 2021 but also next week <laughs> bye, bye. Hey, it's your serve. If you love this episode, be sure to give us a five-star review. And don't forget to share it with others and let them know what all the racket's about. See what I did there? And don't forget, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Ready Play Tennis Podcast. See ya!